Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, it's like Nintendo meets Nintendo through the lens of Nintendo. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, I might add, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing so good, and I have such exciting news for us, Patrick. So, you know, uh, we've talked about before, I am subscribed to Andrew Lloyd Webber's YouTube channel, The Shows Must Go On, where every Mm -hmm. week he's been posting, like, a new full-length show for you to uh, stream for on like Friday and Saturday here in the U.S. And I think he truly did not expect for it to be going on this long because right. as much as he has avoided it, it really feels like he has avoided p- putting this next one up. But finally, the mid-90s ver- uh, recording of Cats that used <gasps> to be play on like master on uh great performances on pbs Mm -hmm. is the one that's streaming and i could not be more excited because i definitely remember watching it as a kid definitely remember loving it and uh i was hoping they would get that it would get to this point and it has we are reaching the bottom of the andrew lloyd weber barrel in the sense that like i think he's after all like the cats brew haha last uh year i think he's a little like doesn't really want to put it out there but he has no choice it's either that or starlight express look man i've been i've been pulling for starlight express i would the love whole it. time i would love it so much <laughs> and look look we are going to be in this until uh at least july so like you know bring it on you like, no, look. he's he's gonna be a coward and he's gonna <laughs> he's be gonna like pandemic's out. over i'm declaring the pandemic over because i've run sure. out of shows <laughs> To put on here. Um, Well, far be it for us to argue with uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, I guess if the economy must open, it must open. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what what to do. Um, Speaking of I don't know what to do, my copy of Sonic Forces, would you like to borrow it someday when I feel comfortable going into the post office again? If you would like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, all you got to do is email us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at At gmail.com. And give us a mailing address where I can send you my copy of the game. You play it for as long as you want. And that'll be that. I'm obviously not sending it out right now. But if you want to get on that list, you can do it. Mark, we have got a big weird task in front of us. So let us tarry no further and get into our topic. Today, we are mashing up nintendo franchises genres types of nintendo games um and this is all inspired by the indie game super mash which i mentioned briefly on our last episode and which was featured in one of the um nintendo directs uh and the premise of the game is that you have like two different game cart cartridges that represent uh like classic gaming uh genres like platformer or shoot 'em up or whatever and it 
generates a game based on that combination and all the levels are procedurally generated and there are glitches that happen in them that like and there are different win conditions uh the whole thing is a a mess the game is actively not fun to play um <laughs> and like it warns you ahead of time that some of the mashups are more fun than others um or more playable than others but i've been in several that uh just like the win condition is physically impossible um just because so many things are randomly generated that one of them is going to be you know, kill this many of this enemy and you never encounter that enemy. Mm, that's bad. So it's always bad. Um, and then there are also ones where it's like, get enough money to, uh, to build a new ship. Uh, and then the glitch is every time you attack, money spawns. So I just, I was like, wait, really? So I just pushed the attack button a bunch of times and money just appeared everywhere and I won immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's like such a fun yeah. idea for a game, but executing it seems really, really hard. Right. So we have decided that we're going to execute on it today <laughs> with just Nintendo uh, franchises or Nintendo uh, game concepts. So, Mark, why don't, why don't you walk us through what, what we're about to do? Okay. All right. And uh, I'm not even sure I understand fully, like, the mechanics of how we're going to pull this off. Um, so, correct me if I'm wrong. But basically, we have a list of 50 different Nintendo either titles or, like, types of titles. Like, for example, mm. you know, like super, like, classic Super Mario games in the vein of like Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3, Super Mario Brothers World. Um, and then we are going to use die to determine which genres we will be mashing up with each other. Right. So when we come up with these two different uh, Nintendo genres, we are going to uh, talk it out, figure out what a game that mashes up these two game types is. Now, maybe that just means we're taking some characters from one game and dropping them into, like, the gameplay of another. Maybe we're finding a novel way to combine them. Look, we don't know. We've not attempted this before. <laughs> well, the part that I am feeling not confident in, and so I'm going to need mm. you to explain it to the listeners, yes. is how yes. we are randomly generating, uh, like, these numbers to mash up. Sure. So, uh, I have with me a pair of 10-sided die. Um, one representing the tens column and one representing the ones column. So I'm going to roll them. They are percentile dice or uh, 1D100, as it were. Uh, and then since we have 50 um, choices here, I'm going to divide the, uh, divide the number on the dice by two, rounding up, I guess. Um, and uh, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever we get um, will be one of these will correspond with the number of games that we have here, numbered 1 through 50. Um, and I'll, I'll post the, the full list of the 1 through 50 on our Twitter account, at Card Society, if you are interested in seeing what the pool of games that we uh, draw from here <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, we will, we will spare lift, listing off uh, yeah. 50 titles. <laughs> um, I'm By the way, I am proud of the list of games that we generated. It is a good list of games. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, couple, also, couple there's rules. some, like, third-party yeah. stuff in there. Just a little bit. Yes. Yeah. But, like, still strongly associated with Nintendo. Yeah. Um, 
the uh, the the one other thing is that each of us has a veto. So after a pair has been rolled, if one of us wants badly not to do it, or we start thinking about it, we're like, oh, I don't. Know, then we can uh, we can call uh, Mulligan on it. Um, Mark gets one of those. I get one of those, uh, and we'll see what happens. I guess. <laughs> Let's Mark, do it. I'm ready? really excited. Yeah, yeah, okay, for sure. Right. Okay, so uh, the first is uh, number 31. Um, so uh, rounded down and doubled is 16. And the other one is 21. Uh, so uh, doubled and rounded up is uh, 22, 11. So 11 and 16. So we are, <laughs> we are our first uh, mashup here is Mario Kart and Animal Crossing. Now, this one's a little, I would say, like, unfair, but also maybe a good one to ease our way into this, because there is already a little bit of, like, Animal Crossing in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, yeah, there, there's one level, and Isabel is, uh, right? Is Isabel a playable character? Or is I it think just... so. And then, okay. like, a villager. I think there's, yeah, there's a yeah. couple to choose from there. Um, Do you know what I actually think would be a more uh like i would like it if you were the if it were more like animal crossing gameplay with mario kart sort of like painted over it that instead of like running a town or an island or something that you were like the uh groundskeeper or whatever <laughs> or the, like the proprietor like of like a yeah yes yeah 100% like uh you know out in um like uh East LA, there is, you know, Mark, like Mark, by the way, is pointing the direction <laughs> I can only assume is east because I've got him over a video call. So I don't know. I don't it's know how you're oriented, which me. way you're posting. Sure, okay. But there's like a huge, like, go kart track out there. I would yes. love, 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 love this idea that, like, instead of being on a deserted island, you are the proprietor of like a small family go kart business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that, that would be amazing. And then you could like, um, you have to you know, like get different, like, uh, other little attractions to, uh, get more interesting racers to like come and compete in your, cause other, like it starts out where it's just like Mario, Luigi, uh, Bowser and like a Koopa and like, that's it. Um, and you gotta like get a pinball machine and then like the, uh, peach starts showing up. Right. Right. But like peach um, is a greaser. Everybody in this game, it's very like 1950s. <laughs> yes, totally. I love this. <laughs> Um, um yeah, like you can, have can to you, uh, can you imagine like uh Bowser Jr with like a pompadour? Oh my yes I can. <laughs> I can also can you imagine this is the easiest to imagine uh Roy wearing a uh tight white t-shirt and he's got a, a pack of cigarettes <laughs> rolled up in the sleeves. Cuz you know, I mean it's like basically canon that Roy is like a three pack a day type of dude. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. So in in this, are you designing the tracks? Like, are you? I I or don't. Is, is uh, that so too involved? I, I think there is like an element of that, but it's not like mod uh, nation racing. Yeah, you nailed it. Mod nation racers. Yeah. Um. It, it's it's much like simpler. Uh. But I think you do have like maybe I think you do have some agency in it. 
Yeah, like you pick you pick the layout. Like there's maybe like four or five different layouts to choose from, and then you decide where in your like amusement park it goes. It's 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 like an amusement. It's it's more like a it's more like the boardwalk. It's like the Santa Cruz boardwalk is what it's like. Um, and so you decide where to put it, and if it's like close to the beach, it takes on like the qualities of the beach, and like if you put it over near the mountain i don't know then it like is a little bit more mountainous um but the, yeah so they it gives just like animal crossing it gives the illusion of like wild customization without actually you know making you design um tracks now here's the real question mark do you then uh actually race can you do real racing in this game i think that is vital I think you have to do at least yeah. a little bit of it. Like it reminds me, uh, in my head, of um, uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon Three, which it was the first Roller Coaster Tycoon uh, without Chris Sawyer, but also it was the first Roller Coaster Tycoon where like you could design the roller coaster, and then if your video card was good enough, you could like get sit in the roller coaster and do kind of like a point of view ride through of it. Yeah, amazing. Um, and uh yeah, I feel like that would be critical for something like this. Um well okay, so uh I I think we did it. I think we designed this game. Do we have a name for it? Well, I okay, so are you playing as Mario? Or like who is the proprietor? Like are you are you mm. a toad in the Mushroom Kingdom and like your trade is running this family fun center or are you like yourself and you're in the mushroom kingdom yeah and like well hmm, this is tough or like are you tom nook right mm. like are you are you an established uh businessman within the nintendo ecosystem it's <laughs> like I, I go ahead oh i was just gonna say i love the idea of tom nook being a playable character yeah. Okay. Well, then maybe then maybe that's that that's what it needs to be. Um, if for no other reason than like, uh, I don't want to get away from the Animal Crossingness of it, right? Like, so this yeah. is a true like Jetsons meet the Flintstones situation where Tom Nook is crossing over into yeah. um the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, I think so. And he finds himself in the Mushroom Kingdom, and he's like, what? How do I make money here? <laughs> and then he goes about, uh, he sees some people Mario karting, and he's like, that's what I'll do. I'll open my own uh, Mario go-karting place. Yep. I love it. Oh, a title. Uh, we don't have one. Yeah, what do, what do we call this? Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, is, is, it, is it like uh, something... This is wordy, so bear with me. But something along the lines of uh, Tom Nook's uh, boardwalk um, cartorama or something like that. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I love it, and I'll tell you why. Um, Please. Do you know I'd like uh, uh, Disney theme parks? You know, they will build a Little Mermaid ride or a Monsters, Inc. ride, but they don't just call it Monsters, Inc. or Little Mermaid. They call it, you know, like Ariel's Voyage Under the Sea, The Little Mermaid. Or my console yeah. to the rescue, a Monsters Inc. adventure, and that is what I think this game is. It's like you know we're doing a really wordy elaboration on something that's fairly simple, but you gotta have that title. Yeah, well, yeah, and I mean, look, we have to somehow communicate that it is these two franchises in like in the title, right? Yep, because that's that's the whole selling point behind it. 
Um, okay, so Tom Nook's Boardwalk Cartorama um, is Colon, a, a Mario Kart oh. adventure. Uh, I I love I love that a, a Mario Kart <laughs> adventure. Yeah, sure. Um, add. Sure. Okay, um, Mark, are you ready to roll our, our second set of uh, of games here? Yeah. The first roll is 90, so half of that is 45. And the second roll is 13, so uh, half of that rounded up is 7. So 35, wait, what did I say? 45 um, is Wave Race, and uh, we are matching Wave Race up with Fire Emblem. So I think to start out, you have yeah. to have like um this this is a dynasty of uh jet ski racers, right? Like jet okay. ski yes. racing has been in like the world and family for millennia. Like it is yeah. such an ingrained part of uh human culture that well can i can can i put like just a, a little spin on it that we are in a borderline water world scenario <laughs> where yeah. 90% of the planet is covered yep. with water more yep. more than that right it's got to right. be it, it, like right and like the uh, a ski do or a jet ski or a kawasaki you know water thing like that is the equivalent of a horse right so the ancient, all warriors do battle from the backs of a ski do. Yes. And there are obviously, to my mind, three houses. <laughs> okay, sure, <laughs> sure. And we're going to follow, like, the, through the story, we're going to follow these jet ski warriors through generations. And the choices you make in each generation, mm. you know, like, change the story. Okay, um, so I think uh, we we have we have to take the idea of of that like you you do one thing in one generation and it affects future generations. We have to use um, the ripple imagery um, in the title. Okay, <laughs> so like ripple of ages is the subtitle of whatever this is. <laughs> R- ripple of something, right? <laughs> um, uh, so is th- what type of game is this? Is this a um is it a uh racing game like wave race or is it a like turn-based strategy game so i feel like what you really want to do in like a i feel like you gotta race a little bit you think you gotta race i i wonder if um it is if like the wave race part of it is more that you have to take into account like the roughness of the water or like how you know that like you're still moving around on like an overhead map and even it's more uh more of like a real time strategy game um but in like charting out the course that your uh racer yes. that your like knights go on that you're, you have to really take the quality of the water into you're totally right so here's here's my pitch is it's like an overhead view like a tactical map and okay. what you are doing is basically observing the map and you are trying to gauge your opponents and like their strengths and weaknesses. And then you mm. have to, pl- and you, then you're seeing like what obstacles and like the conditions in the water and everything. And then you are plotting your course through 
the yes. the the map and then at the, after you've made those tactical decisions you like confirm and then the race plays out and you see Perfect. how you did yeah. based on your choices that's great and then uh like when you encounter the uh enemy units like along that um like the uh the like the numbers pop up in on like the the right side of of the screen and you can see uh you know the the characters die that die <laughs> and like everything just like continues on in that fashion so it's sort of um uh it's sort of it keeps both elements of like the action of wave race and the strategy and like RPG combat of uh, Fire Emblem. Yes. Uh, so what do we call this? Right now, I have the subtitle as "Ripple Through the Ages." <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. This this I think I think "Ripple Through the Ages" makes total sense, and I think each race, at least each one of like the three main racers, has to be like modeled after you and I, Patrick. And I feel okay. like in this game, I would have really long flowing hair, like down to, you know, like my lower back where people are warning me. This is kind of my thing in the game is that people are warning me that my hair is going to get caught in like the oh, ski do, sure. right? Or like in the thing that like spits out water. I don't know how those yeah. things work. Look, I haven't been on a jet ski since I was 12, so <laughs> we're talking about our butts a little bit here. And the character that's like me um, is so militant about shaving all of his hair off and being like uh, water dynamic, hydrodynamic, um, that people are concerned that uh, I, he's sacrificing too much of his body, too much of his humanity for the jet ski. <laughs> I mean, Maybe these are compelling these characters. Houses. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Two houses, two compelling characters that, because mm -hmm. in this time, people live for thousands of years. These are oh, characters okay. you're really going to want to get to know. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's, and if we're doing stories across generations, that means that this epic is going to span hundreds of thousands of years. <laughs> Um, now, do we just call this uh, like fire wave or wave of fire ripple through the ages? Wave of fire ripple through the ages. <laughs> holy, holy cow. I mean, when you strike uh, we, gold, you strike gold. <laughs> yeah. All right. Wave of fire ripple through the ages. Um, that, that, that's perfect. Mark, are you ready to generate our third game? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So the first number is uh, 89. Uh, which again is going to be uh wave race. So let's let's just hold that for right now. Um and the second number is uh 35, so that's going to be 36, so 18. Um so right now we are looking at a cross of uh 3D Mario and Wave Race again. I'm ready to move on from from Wave Race. So I mm -hmm. am I'm I'm going to use my veto on this one. All right, this one has been vetoed. Uh, okay, so the uh, first first game now is uh, number 44, and half of that is 22. Um, okay, and then the next one is 63, so uh, 64, 37. Okay, so uh, 22 is Smash Brothers, and 37 is Mario Party. 
this one might not work. Well, okay, I don't I don't hate off the top of my head the idea of like a Mario Party that has a little bit of an expanded universe. Okay, all right. So, uh let's let's start there then. Cuz like not everything I feel like like let's like you could take the idea of Mario Party but like be like but we're taking it out of the Mushroom Kingdom, right? Like that sure, yeah. is played out. But, you know, like Castlevania Party not played out. Yeah, I'm and and honestly, the just the just the thought of a Mario Party game that has as much content in it as a Smash Brothers or has like that much like love and attention behind it. Um cuz like, you know, Mario Party is built on uh boards and it's built on mini games and like if the mini games are drawing from everything that Smash draws on, if the boards are based off of you know areas from hyrule and uh you know zebes and you know all the other like iconic locations like i i sort of just want like a souped up mario party yeah totally i mean i think like you take mario party but like you were saying instead of the boards just being you know like the mushroom kingdom and having that aesthetic it's like yeah let's put us in a board that takes place on zebes and, you know, sure, like, you can choose from, um, like, Mario character avatars, but also there's, like, a whole bunch of different avatars. And yeah. the mini games are all set, you know, like, in the Metroid world. Like, I, uh, yeah, like, I think it'd be super cool to kind of see it be expanded beyond just the Mushroom Kingdom. I also think that that, that is a more logical place to have a, like, museum of sorts, right? Like um because that that's one of the things that smash is celebrated for is that it's like it's a museum sort of to uh or like a monument to all of these like nintendo achievements but like it's it's not accessible to someone who doesn't want to play a fighting game right like it sort of is in that like it's it's more like fun first than like you know uh competitive first but like mario party is totally welcoming um so what and so I think it, it makes more sense then for like everyone to to be able to access it that way. Um, what do we think? So it's a it's a pretty simple pitch, right? Um, but what do we think we would call this thing? Mm, mm-hmm. um, okay. So when what did I am trying to remember the name of PlayStation's like Smash Brothers ripoff? What did they call it? It was like. It is PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Okay, so I would call ours um like something like Video Game All-Stars Battle Royale. Uh what about Nintendo All-Stars Party Royale? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay. Uh that's that's good. Um I am going to roll dice and give you numbers, Mark. You're going to look them up and I will write down the name of uh, Yeah, sounds good of that okay so um 62 so in half uh is 31 and uh and 56 so 28 is the other one okay so (laughs) this is a mashup of pocket card jockey and arms pocket card jockey and (laughs) arms now in a way Right, like pocket card jockey is well actually no. I was gonna say it's like a fighting game, but it's not really. It is a competitive game. 
<laughs> yeah, but it, it's not really even though. Like, it's competitive against the computer, but so too are all of these games. <laughs> <laughs> but but there is a, uh, there's like a, a sporting or like a one-on-one sort of um, like aesthetic to it. Not even one-on-one, but like... <laughs> yeah, one-on-one. I was going to say, thank yeah. you for humoring me. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, well, maybe a better way to approach it is not what they have in common, but just like, what do we like about, about Pocket Card Jockey? And then what do we like about ARMS? And maybe like there's a way to take those two ideas and meld them together. Yeah. Well, so Pocket Card Jockey is in and of itself a mashup of game types, right? It is a horse racing game where your horse's performance in the race is determined entirely on A, stats, and B, your ability to play solitaire uh, fast. (laughs) Like, that's it. Um, And its solitaire gameplay is so satisfying and so fun that, like, that's the part I would want to lift from pocket card jockey basically we, so he, here's what i'm thinking i'm thinking that um you uh you are basically building your own arms robot right mm, like mm-hmm. um and because there, there are robots that participate in the thing or at least there's like uh the girl in the robot suit um and then the cop is is a robot as well um and then there's the uh the gelatinous blob guy right um he's not a robot but he's an experiment of some kind so maybe like in this game you are um, like designing your own uh, arms fighter, and then you uh, build up his stats by you know feeding him or training him in whatever way. Just like in Pocket Card Jockey, you're doing that with your horse. And then when he gets in the ring, um, you are playing games of solitaire. Uh, and when you win them faster, then he gets off more hits. I love that. I would love for it to keep like kind of the cute chibi aesthetic of Pocket Card Jockey. And, you know, like still like presenting those arms characters, but in that way. And then also maybe we're taking inspiration from like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe a little bit. And like as you progress through the game, you know, you're unlocking different parts that you can use to like upgrade your fighter. Yeah, well, and and not just uh, like parts to upgrade your fighter, but, uh, you know, just like arms does. Uh, that you can equip different, uh, like different fists on like left hand, right hand, mm-hmm. um, and like you know really that I mean that that's perfect, um, and like a, a good way to, uh, like t- that that's like the progression system. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, so what do we call this mashup between arms and pocket card jockey? Um, what, what is it? What is what what's, what's like, what do you call the, the coach? That's like the, the boxing coach, you know, the guy that's like in the corner, the manager, that, you know, is, uh, yeah, I guess that's right. Um, <laughs> what were you hoping? What were... Like, Cut me. I don't know. I thought that would maybe be something fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is crazy. And maybe like too much work mm-hmm. because I have not worked out really any of it, but do we turn arms into some sort of, uh, acronym and like the s stands for solitaire the m is like yes mechanized um and then the yes. a and the r i don't know so maybe we have to abandon this now before we try to no, work no, no, this no, out no, no th- this is perfect um uh, so and and the things that the uh the like arms fighter that you're creating is not under your control you're just powering it by playing solitaire so the a is automatic okay the the r is like robotic 
automatic robotic mechanical solitaire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to write that down. Automatic robotic uh, what, mechanical solitaire. Yep. Um, okay. That's another perfect, perfect game. Uh, Mark, are you ready to come up with our fifth? Mm-hmm. Okay, 74, so that's what, number 37? Okay. And uh, 8 is going to be number 4. So that's another Mario Party crossed mm-hmm. with Earthbound. I'm out of vetoes, so I leave it in your hands, Patrick. <laughs> uh, I like dealing with the Earthbound. But the Mario Party of it seems like we've already created the best possible Mario Party. So I'm going to veto it. Okay. Can, hey, let me ask you this. Can I veto just the Mario Party part? Can you do like a half veto? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That's fine. I In my head, I'm imagining <laughs> like Legends of the Hidden Temple and you have like half pendants of life. And like, yeah, you're right. spending. Yeah, that's fine. That's fair. Okay. So we're keeping Earthbound and the other half of this game is uh, going to be number 30 on our list. Oh, boy. It's Rusty's <laughs> Real Deal Baseball. Mark, look. Okay, so Earthbound, we know, is a sort of uh, like classic JRPG type, but it is set in like modern day and has a lot of like kind of sad overtones, a lot of uh, uh, daddy issues, but is also like weird and uh, goes into space and is bizarre. Um, and Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, do you want to walk us through that one? Yeah, I'm obsessed with this game, even though I never played it. It was like a Nintendo 3DS experiment where, like, before Nintendo was really doing, like, um, like in-app, in-game purchases or, like, really DLC up much, they came up with this game called Rusty's Real Deal Baseball where you would, uh, there was this dog named Rusty. And he like ran this baseball shop and there were mini games that you could play. And if you wanted to buy additional mini games, you could buy them from Rusty, but also like you could ask him for a better deal and sometimes he would give it to you. So it's not like there was like a set price for one of the mini games. Like it's possible that like you would pay a little bit different price than somebody else because like they negotiated with him and you didn't. And it's important to emphasize that this is real money we're talking about. (laughs) This isn't like in-game currency that you're able to barter uh, against uh, Rusty. You're talking real money. He says, oh, you want to play that minigame some more? It'll be $3. And you can actually say, I'll give you $2.50. And he'll go, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So is that, uh, like, do, do we keep that sort of um like bartering with rusty uh as like as part of it like maybe uh it, it, like keeping with the earthbound aesthetic that um like you can it's just like a regular kind of rpg but like you're sort of stuck in your hometown and the only way to like get to other parts uh, uh like other parts of the map and experience other parts of the story is to go and talk to Rusty. And some days Rusty will have uh, quests for you to do on your own. And someday he'll be like, or you could also do this and it'll cost you three bucks. Right. Because like maybe in a twist, 
Rusty is the villain of this game. Oh, yeah. And, and he's like kind of an oppressor. And so it's it's maybe a mother may I situation where you're like, look, I've got, I have to deal with Rusty. So hopefully he's in a good mood and he will yeah. um, negotiate with me. Now, of course, I think Rusty like uh, is exactly as we see him in Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. So, you know, I think he seems like a real chill, easygoing guy, but you, but like mm-hmm. he has a soul of steel. Yeah. Well, and I, I also really like the idea that like, um, maybe you can play the entirety of the game, get all the content without ever actually spending money by like doing the things that Rusty wants you to do and then getting to like, you, you butter him up nice enough and then you can also negotiate him down to zero. Uh, for for everything, because Rusty is very susceptible to flattery. Yes, very susceptible to flattery. Now, uh, Mark, you used an interesting phrase earlier, especially considering the uh, Japanese name of Earthbound. You said, "Mother, may I?" I believe the name of this game should be Rusty, or like Rusty presents Mother, may I? <laughs> like I think <laughs> Rusty's I think real deal, it. Mother, may I? Mo- Rusty's real deal, mother may I. <laughs> um, See, the trick to naming what, titles yeah. is just to take two things and mash them together. Uh, that's great. Um, and uh, so, but this would be a game that like people could spend way too much money playing, right? Yeah, I feel like that's really important. Um, okay. Rusty's real deal, colon, mother may I? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Our ne- All right, so, uh, okay, we have now done five games. So I think we just want to quickly review the games that we have already uh, done. Mark, would you like to take us through those? Will I roll up some numbers? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So we have a Mario Kart and Animal Crossing mashup called Tom Nook's Boardwalk Cartorama, a Mario Kart adventure. Uh, a Fire Emblem and Wave Race mashup called Wave of Fire, Ripple Through the Ages. Um, a Mario Party Smash Brothers mashup called Nintendo All-Stars Party Royale. An ARMS Pocket Card Jockey mashup called Automatic Robotic Mechanical Solitaire. And then an Earthbound Rusty's Real Deal Baseball mashup called Rusty's Real Deal colon Mother May I? Question mark. Uh, and you know maybe it's maybe it's bad luck to end the name of a game with a question mark, but we're doing it. <laughs> um, you know that's why there's no question mark in the title of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, because it's bad luck to put a question yeah. mark in the name of a movie title. Yeah. Oh, interesting. No, I didn't know that. Uh, it, it's it's as though it's a like a fragment of a sentence, uh, like he who framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we uh our our new um numbers here are um twenty nine and fifteen. So we are mashing up We Music with Dr. Mario slash Tetris. So I'm into this, and here's here's my quick pitch for this. Is that yeah, please. um it's like a rhythm game. Um maybe a little bit like uh um uh like Dance Dance Revolution. Where, or actually, I guess more like um, uh, Just Dance, where basically it's, you know, it's like Dr. Mario or Tetris, and you have like the um, the 
puzzle pieces coming down from the top of the screen. But in order to like control them, uh, you have to like do movements with the Joy-Con in time to like the music, and that's how you like okay. rotate pieces. Um, so I, it, it's interesting that like we ha- what we have here is a synthesis of a falling block puzzle game and a rhythm game, right? Um, which is sort of what uh, Luminous is, right? It's sort of like a um, a Tetris that you have to do in rhythm. Um, so I think if I, I think this and that's a great template for us to to rip off, add motion controls and Dr. Mario to it. I think that's perfect. <laughs> great. I'm sold. And I think the the other thing that we should borrow from um, Wii Music is at the beginning of every level, like at, at the beginning of every board that you clear, and maybe let's make it just Dr. Mario and not Tetris, just mm-hmm. for simplicity's sake, um, that you get to pick what your instrument is so that like the sounds that are being added every time you rotate a piece or move it or whatever, um, that you get to decide like okay, for this round it's uh, electric guitar. For this round it's violin. For this round it's a, a singing voice, or whatever. Yeah, and I also think the other piece to take from Wii Music is that like ninety nine percent of the songs are like classical music or public domain, or mm-hmm. occasionally like a Nintendo song. But for the most part, it's gonna be like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Yeah, there's going to be, a, yes, a lot of Suzuki Book One in there. <laughs> um, but then also, like, you know, a Wham song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, what on earth do we call this thing? Hmm. I mean, okay. So there's a music component and a Dr. Mario component. Is DJ Dr. Mario, does that make any sense? I think it does. I think it does. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Uh, DJ Dr. Mario is our next choice here. Um, Mark, moving on. Okay. Uh, 70, so 35. Great. Uh, and then 40, so 20. Okay. So this is a, a mashup of Pikmin and Brain Age. Here's where my mind goes immediately. Um, you, it, it's uh, uh, fr- from the outset, has the appearance of a Pikmin game, but everything is so small. And instead of being on a planet, you are inside a human brain. Um, and there are, you collect the Pikmin the same way you would in, uh, in like a regular Pikmin game. But what you're trying to do is you are trying to improve the quality of the brain that you exist on. Yes. Can we, can it be uh, Dr. Kawashima's brain? I think so, yes. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Dr. Kawashima is like starting to become forgetful in his old age. Um, And so he injects (laughs) Olimar into (laughs) his brain to get the Pikmin inside his skull into good working order. Yeah, really, it's like the ultimate brain training. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And like uh some of the things that you have to do 
that uh, you know you, you're not just uh, throwing like red Pikmin at a thing to like burn it down or like b- linking up yellow Pikmin to uh, like connect electrical nodes or whatever. What you're doing is you're using Pikmin to solve um, like Brain Age style puzzles, right? Um, uh, there'll be a thing where like you see the little house and it's like you have to throw in six Pikmin and then four of them leave and you're like you throw in three more and it's like how many Pikmin are there? <laughs> you gotta go five? I think five? <laughs> um, Alright, so this uh, this is a good this game sounds fun actually. <laughs> I like and, and I know last time we were uh, pitching um, on games I got really into the idea of a, a Bowser's Inside Story um, like Dr. Mario kind of mashup. Um, but I really like the idea of um, playing a video game inside the body of something else. I don't know why <laughs> that's so fun to me. Uh, Mark, do you have a pitch to the the name of this game? Okay. Um... It's hard because Pikmin is just a single word. Right. Is it, you said Dr. Kawashima, that's his name? Yeah. So what if it's like picking Dr. Kawashima's brain? Yes. Yes. And so P- it's it's spelled uh P I K I N G Dr. Mm-hmm. Kawashima's brain. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Kawashima's brain. Perfect. Uh all right. Here we go again. <laughs> uh Okay, so 26. Okay. And five. <laughs> so WarioWare mashed up with Metroid Prime. I love this. So I actually don't know that we need to do too much work here because I'm imagining War like Wario as a dog the bounty hunter esque bounty hunter. And you're basically doing all the Metroid Prime stuff, but you're doing it like in a real, it's not in space, it's not sleek, it's not cool. We are talking trash. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think think you are 100% correct um, that this is just a Metroid Prime game, except we are changing the aesthetic of it entirely to be Wario. (laughs) And we are, uh, you know, putting all of Wario's like side characters in there. Look, there, you know, there has to be. Uh, just like Metroid Prime 2, there has to be a multiplayer version of this. Well, like, just multiplayer first-person shooter? <laughs> where, where, like, Ashley the the wizard is in there and, like, 9-volt and, uh, like, 8... Well, what are they? 7-volt? It doesn't matter. All, all of the WarioWare characters are there, um, and it's super fun. Can, uh, I, can I also yeah. pitch that, like... Um, War at the beginning of the game, Wario gets into some like some horrible type of accident, like an anvil falls on him or something. So just it. so like in Metroid Prime, where you're like upgrading Samus's armor, like mm-hmm. uh, Wario is like a uh, six million dollar manning himself back together, or like Robocopying himself back together. So like you're getting upgrades, so that way like yes, more perfect. and more of Wario is being replaced. Yeah, which is good because then it like uh, keeps feeding into the like Wario is greedy. One of the things as we were generating this list, I don't remember if uh, we talked about it, but I I said like, oh, should we do WarioWare or Wario Land? Um, and I like that we can still like keep some of the 
like greedy slash like you need to get coins from Wario Land uh, and kind of build that into this. And I think we just um, call it Wario Prime. Wario Wear. Oh, oh, so just Wario Prime? Yeah, maybe get the the wear out of there because we're not taking really any of like the micro game aspects of it. We're really just doing uh Wario and like borrowing those aesthetics. All right, Wario Prime. Oh my God, that sounds like a fun game. Um, <laughs> all right, Mark, I, I believe this is our last one. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, okay, 22. So 11. And 33. So Mario Kart and Kid Icarus Uprising. So I'm wondering if you want to use your other half veto to get rid of Mario Kart since we talked about it up front. Mark, you know that I do, <laughs> but I, I love keeping uh, Kid Icarus Uprising. I think that's a, a, a great choice. Also, I don't, I don't want to prejudice you. Like, you could use your half veto to get rid of Kid Icarus Uprising if you want. No, because the new here, here's the amazing thing about the new numbers that I just rolled um, is that we are going to be crossing uh, Kid Icarus Uprising with Mario Paint. <laughs> So, Kid Icarus Uprising, for those not familiar with it, and I could see why you might not be, um, is a really chatty game for the 3DS that uh, you play as Pit, the Kid Icarus hero, who is also in Smash a lot. Um, and the game is kind of two parts. Um, every level comes in two parts. Uh, the first part is like an on-rails, almost Star Fox-esque shooter. Um, and then you land, and it becomes sort of a third-person, uh, like, hack-and-slash sort of game. Um, it is controlled clumsily with uh, both the um the stylus and you're like uh using um some uh, like button inputs with your left hand um which works okay in the uh, on rails flying section and off terribly in the uh, uh on on foot section um and then there's a boss fight at the end of every level um and the game is built around a very um Masahiro Sakurai, Smash Brothers-esque, um, like you can wager, um, you know, more uh, points and then like the difficulty is harder and it's kind of built around the idea that you can like retry things as you get better and better. Which is fitting because it is a Masahiro Sakurai Project Sora joint. Yes. Um, and then there's Mario Paint, which is a, <laughs> a uh, like a paint program, a movie studio, a um, uh, music maker uh, from the Super NES era. Uh, Mark, what, 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 do you, what do you think here? How do these two things combine? Well, I, I think kind of like the part from Mario Paint that... Because um, like Mario Paint is a really chill game. It's like you take your time. You like, yeah. It's just about creation and in whatever form that takes. So uh, I think that... You know, if we're going by, like, what are we taking from each one, We I feel like we either have two choices for Mario Paint. We have, like, this is going to be a chill whatever it is and a good time. Yeah. Or it's going to be, like, this idea of, like, creation. I think I think probably the creation is the, like, useful part of that to take, especially considering um, how the, like, Kid Icarus Uprising formula could be, like pretty easy to do like a diy um like you're just putting enemies yeah especially the like the on-rail shooter part um 
that like if you just sort of like draw a map and like place enemies um and then like have it render it in 3d like that's pretty cool yeah so maybe it's like not to throw a third game in here but like maybe it's a little bit mario maker ish but what you, yeah you're just saying like hey you can make your own kid icarus uprising what all the kids have been clamoring for uh, so one thing I would want to do here, or I, one thing we have to discuss, both of these games have uh, atypical like uh, methods of interacting with them, right? Like Kid Icarus Uprising, um, you're, it, mostly the stylus, and Mario Paint um, use the Super NES mouse. Um, how do you play this game? Hmm. Well... Let's say, yes, you control. I, I don't know. I was gonna say something like really <laughs> ridiculous, like oh, you control with your voice. Um, but, but that's <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, what if, what if, what if it actually is like this? That um, the creation tools are more like touch based, right? Mm-hmm. So that you're like drawing and draw, you know, uh, like like a uh, Mario uh, Maker. Um, that you're actually like touching the the screen and like drawing the lines and like dra- dragging and dropping enemies. Um, but then when you're playing the Kid Icarus parts of it, just give us a dual stick control. Like that's yeah. all people wanted with that game anyway. Well, I also wonder, and I'll I think where we're at with this is great. I will just posit that like I wonder if we you know we were joking that um you know, like, or I was joking anyways, that like, oh, like Kid Icarus Uprising, like that's a weird thing to like build an entire, like build your own this around. But what if instead of being its own game, you do you remember when Super Mario Maker 2 was announced and, you know, there's like other game types. And so people were anticipating there was more than one, but there only ever ended up being one. What if instead of being set in the Kid Icarus world, this was set in the Mushroom Kingdom world so you would build this like on-rail shooters within the Mushroom Kingdom, and it's just like another game type within Super Mario Maker 2. So, okay, hold on. <laughs> so if this is Super Mario Maker 2, uh, just like downloadable content, DLC, um, but you're making levels that are like Kid Icarus Uprising levels. Set in the Mushroom Kingdom. In the Mushroom Kingdom. Yes. And you're playing... Oh, and, but it looks like uh super mario 64 and you've got the wing cap yes okay so this this is obviously then just going to be uh the super uh mario maker 2 um wing cap dlc and one of the uh you know uh one of the power-ups turns you into pit or something Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm um, and, uh, well, there will be a lot of, like, Mario enemies to choose from. You can also, you know, grab the eggplant wizard or whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever like, garbage you want to bring because over. Because there, yeah. there's, like, 8-bit versions of those, too. Yeah, uh, this is perfect. All right, Mark, uh, we have now come up with a total <laughs> of 10 mashup games. Um, would, should we recap them all? We can go back and forth. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, first up... Mario Kart and Animal Crossing mashed up into Tom Nook's Boardwalk Carterama: colon, a Mario Kart adventure. 
Then we've got the Wave Race Fire Emblem mashup, a Wave of Fire, colon, Ripple Through the Ages. <laughs> There's a lot of colon in these. Uh, next up, we have the Super Smash Brothers and Mario Party mashup called Nintendo All-Stars, colon, Party Royale. Uh, and then after that, we have the ARMS Pocket Card Jockey mashup, which is still sort of called ARMS, but we can see that each of the uh, letters in ARMS stands for Automatic Robotic Mechanical Solitaire. Next, we have the Rusty's Real Deal Baseball and Earthbound mashup called Rusty's Real Deal, colon, Mother May I? Then, of course, is the Wii Music Dr. Mario mashup, which we're just calling DJ Dr. Mario. Next, the Brain Age and Pikmin mashup called Picking, P-I-K-I-N-G, Dr. Kawashima's Brain. Uh, and then the WarioWare and Metroid Prime mashup, which we are just calling Wario Prime. And then finally, the Kid Icarus and Mario Paint mashup that is DLC within Super Mario Maker 2, and it is the Wing Cap DLC. Uh, were we too early in wrapping up? That's only nine. We only have nine. <laughs> <laughs> one more encore, one more. One more encore because we promised the people 10. I don't know that we did, but <laughs> here we go. Here's number 10. Uh, the first one is uh, number 85, so it's going to be 86. So 43. And then uh, 32 is 16. Okay, so 16 is Animal Crossing, which we've already done. Um, and what was the other one? <laughs> Baseball, number 43. Maybe we should have stopped. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, uh, I think Mark, KK is... Slider should have yeah. a baseball team. And um, there we go. <laughs> they're just like pickup games, based, you know, where uh, and it's like KK Slider's like, who wants to be on my team? And everybody wants to be on KK Slider's team. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's good. I don't, does it even need a name? Who knows? K.K. <laughs> Slider's Real Deal Baseball? I love it. Mother, may I? <laughs> uh, all right, Mark, let's close this out. All right. Uh, those are the mashups that we made, but we are going to be including the entire list of uh, 50 Nintendo game genres on our Twitter. That's at Nin Card Society if you want to check that out. And then uh, email us your mashups um, and explain them to us because we would love to hear other people attempt this insane exercise. Because, uh, Mark, I had fun. Did you have fun? <laughs> I did have fun. Um, okay, and you can email those to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like this episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter, wherever you share stuff. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nin Cart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. My co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying, colon, thanks for listening. Hey, it's Mia. Hey, it's Allie. And we host the Rom-Com Review Podcast, P.S. I Love Rom-Com. 
Each week, we'll have incredible guests come and discuss a new rom-com, grand gestures, meet-cutes, and of course, that elusive chemistry. Mia, what are you doing holding that giant boombox over your head? I'm hoping to win over listeners with this grand gesture. Take us back! Find a new episode every week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Campfire Media. Wow, you're uh, still holding that boombox. Yeah, I've got great upper body strength. Thanks, CrossFit. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Campfire.